Welcome back to another spooky episode. Yes, we are so excited to do our Halloween episode and focusing on one of the scariest movies of all time. Uh, But before we get into that, we just wanted to thank our listeners. We are so excited that we've had so many people tuning in each week to listen and we're just so grateful. I think when we started this, we were like, Worst case scenario, it's just us. <laughs> I know, we're like, it. we might just be doing this ourselves for fun. Um, but we're glad that we have found, like, a lot of other, found out that, like, a lot of our friends and family, like, yeah. they really like films, too. Yes. Yes, we love it. And geeking thank you. out with us. Thank so. you for listening in each week. Yeah. It makes us feel good. And, I mean, we would keep doing this just for ourselves. No, literally, we would. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun having other people listen as well. Yes, and we've been getting a lot of feedback and a lot of um, people like wanting us to focus on certain films or anything. So mm-hmm. please reach out to us on our Instagram. Like, if there is a terrible movie or even a good movie that you want us to digest yeah. or have any suggestions, we would love to hear them. And we're just so grateful for you. Yeah. But with that said, let's get into The Shining. Ooh. Um, and I meant what I said when I said it was, like, one of the scariest movies of all time. Like, if you look at any, like, I don't know, like, if you just were to Google scariest movies of all time and, like, look at any scale that people have rated, like, it's always Oh, always at the top. Yes. Always at the top. Yes. And Kenna, you hadn't seen it. I know. I know. I I found out and I was like, oh my gosh, Kenna, we've... (laughs) Got to do The Shining. Well, it was like one of the first movies we talked about too when we were trying to figure out like which movies we wanted to talk about in October. We're like, we have to do Halloween themed yes. movies. Yes. So Maddie's like, we should do The Shining. And I'm like, the Stephen King one? And I was like, I haven't even seen it yet. It's so good. And I think the reason, I don't know, I liked it. It made an impression on me when I first saw it as like being scary, but being like yeah. exceptionally, like specifically scary to like me like something that I would be afraid of which would be to be like trapped alone in a hotel without any like human interaction for months and months yeah well it's not like your typical like satanic I honestly I can't you know it's I can't with those it's more of just like psychotic and like messes with your brain more and you're just like oh my gosh he's mentally going crazy no which I think is more well written mm-hmm. because when you like yeah demons and possessions are gonna be scary yeah right but I, it kind of feels like a cop-out to me right like how do we make it scary well let's just make them possessed and yeah seriously you know like this was it's a scary film because it's written so well and like yeah. you put yourself in the shoe of the main character jack nicholson's character and yeah there's and like where the fear comes in, you yeah, know? Yeah, and there's, like, a lot of elements to the film, too, and it's just, like, that was interesting. Like, I wonder why Stephen King had that. And, like, some parts were, like, jumpy, for sure, because it's, like, a scary movie, you know? But at the same time, it, like, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of super scary movies, because they just mess yes. with my brain so much. But this one I actually enjoyed, and you I did. would watch it again. Yeah. The cool thing, too, about it is that it came out in 1980. Yeah. And usually when you watch films that take took place back then, so that means it was filmed in the 70s, right? Because it came out in 1980. Uh-huh. Um, there's just, like, 
what, the special effects aren't good. It's like cheesy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and so it doesn't, I feel like, translate to our day that well. Mm-hmm. But I think that this movie does a good job of like yeah. staying relevant through the times of just staying scary. Yeah, for and sure. I think the director did a good job. Stanley Kubrick? Stanley Kubrick, yep. Did I pronounce that, that last name right? That's how I say it. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. He did a really, really good job. Um, and he, that was, so The Shining was one of the first films to use Steadicam. Oh. Did you learn about that in school? No. Steadicam? Steed? I don't know. It's cam. I don't know why I said Steadicam. I was like, am I saying this wrong? Steadicam? <laughs> um, which I think was like that, you, you know, the iconic scene where the kid is on the tricycle and you're just following behind him through all the halls. Oh, yeah. Would yeah, that be for what sure. that technique is called? Steady cam? Or uh-huh. they just held steady, but it's moving? Exactly. Yeah. So it's just on like a gimbal, which is like a pretty much a. We sold one kind of, at Apple. <laughs> I, in, just kind of like a balancing. <laughs> yes. I My mind is going blank right now, but yeah. all of those, it's a stabilizer. Stabilizer. Oh I was like, I can't think of a word. A balancing bar. <laughs> it's late, so but I feel like my vocabulary you, is not coming. I know. But yes, exactly. And like, even the scene that stood, stood out to me too, like where I noticed like the steady cam is when Jack Nicholson is in like the meat area in the kitchen like locked up and then the steady cam is following um shelly duvall who plays his wife like she's like on the floor and he's like talking to her like shelly or not shelly wendy (laughs) (laughs) uses her personal name and the steady cam like she's sitting down and the steady cam like follows her up as she's standing up like that too so yeah it really just follows their motion kind of like 360 because especially like walking down the halls too it's like okay it's starting like from their backside, and then slowly as they're walking around the hall, like transitions to like facing their front view. Well, this movie or this film became like iconic for like this technique, and uh-huh. like directors from then on used it. Like it's yeah. almost like Stanley Kubrick like made this technique. I know, and it like I did research it, like other directors have, but he really made it famous. He made it big. He made uh-huh. it popular, and I think we see that with like I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you watched The Shining, did you feel like when you saw some of those scenes, you're like, oh, I've seen these before? Totally. Like, they've been recreated over and over again in other films because it's, like, so classic. Yeah, which is funny, too, because even The Shining borrowed ideas from movies that came out before The Shining did. That, like, that technique or, like... Different techniques. Um, So, the scene when... There's a scene when Wendy... The main, his wife, is walking up the stairs and her shadow casts, like, just big shadow on the wall. And Mm. it's, it resembles Nosferatu, which is funny because we talked about that last week. Yeah. But just, if you look at that movie, like, he's a vampire and just, like, when he's walking upstairs and, like, that shadow, like, it looks the same, which is kind of funny. Oh. So, like, that. Or there's other scenes where, like, Danny, the little boy, is, like, just playing down the hallways. I can't remember what the movie's called, but there's another movie. (laughs) (laughs) But there's another movie where he borrowed that idea from of like a little boy in like a hallway. And it's just, so yeah, even things like that. He like took ideas 
But then you're right. The Shining 2, like with the steady cam, so many directors have used that. That's so cool. Um, I like. I was looking up the director because I had I hadn't ever heard his name. Have you heard his name before? I've heard his name, but I'm not super well known with yeah, him. Apparently, he's like one of the greatest directors of all time, and so I was like, ooh, I know. Sorry, sir, but I can see why. Like after seeing this film, and apparently he like he really liked making novels into movies and we Uh know that the shining is a stephen king novel that they made made into a movie um yeah you knew that like stephen king hated the movie right yeah he hated hated it it. and he's been very public about it yeah it's not like this rumor on the street like in interviews Mm -hmm. over and over again he's like i did not like the shining yeah he accepts um Stanley, the director, he accepts, like, he thought it was creative and, like, what did I write? There was something I saw. Um, The visuals were very stunning, but he just thought it was too fancy is, like, something I read that Stephen King kept saying. Like, and he didn't really love the actor and actresses that they chose. Like, he didn't want Jack Nicholson. He was wanting, like, I think Robert De Niro was one of them, what? or like Robin Williams or Harrison Ford. Will- we're like Harrison Ford. Ford. I know, but it's like, but then I guess Robin they were Williams. saying like Robert De Niro, like he doesn't have, he looks too normal. He doesn't look like, kind of like he could go psycho. Robert De Niro, he looks too normal. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst Italian accent ever. But I thought normal. Jack Nicholson did a good job. Oh, I think yeah. he did amazing. I mean, I think it's because it is such a classic that I'm yeah. like, what? Like, you can't put another actor yeah. in there. But that's really Well, even the wife, like, Stephen King wanted this, like, blonde, post-cheerleader, like, someone who would never expect this to happen oh, yeah, to play the wife. Oh, yeah, because like, hot in the books? Like, I think so, yeah. Like, this hot Yeah, but you can tell, like, Shelley Duvall, the actress, like, she's emotionally unstable, and a lot of it is because this was the hardest movie she's ever worked on. And even Jack Nicholson said that. It's like, I've never seen an actress or actor go through a harder role. Yeah, I actually, I was reading up on that, and like, she had a really, really hard time. And part of the reason was Stanley Kubrick's like, method was doing scenes take over and over and yes. over and over again. Yes. So she, I was reading this interview with her, and she said that, like, she had a mental breakdown with the stair scene, like, uh-huh. the iconic stair scene. She's like, it had been, like, three weeks of the scenes over and over and over again. She's like, Jack Nicholson is just such a professional and so good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, really getting into the role. Yeah. She's like, after the... 127th take like they took that scene so many times 127 that she started losing it like she started absolutely losing okay i actually i saw that too and i'm like 127 that is so many because like that's a long take a take is really just from the time they call action from the time they call cut or stop you know, and the camera is not moving. Like, it's on Steady them. Cam. <laughs> Steady cam method. It's on them the whole time. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't, the scene isn't jumping back and forth. So there's not time for them to like, okay, we'll do this quick scene where she says this and then cut. And then now we'll do this part of the script. Like, it's literally that entire thing. But I saw another comment of a couple of the camera crew. And they were saying, they're like, we did that take like maybe 35 to 45 times. Not over a hundred. So do you think that she 
like in her mind it was like it had to be over a hundred maybe she was going so crazy and it took so long probably because i'm sure that like that's a long scene even 30 to 40 times seven to ten minutes long when you say so so many times yeah it's like all day having like a guy act like he's a psycho crazy person trying to kill you exactly and you're supposed to like slowly run away yeah and then she's just like comparing her acting to jack nicholson and feeling like he's just shining in every scene and that she's just (laughs) emotional i didn't mean to do that but that was ironic just kidding just had to um but yeah and then she even from some interviews i was watching too she just felt like she was kind of jealous of all the attention he was getting because of how good of an actor he was and how hard the director was on her. Like, he would say things like, you're not good enough and things what? like that. And it's like, but but then at the same time, he was saying, like, I was only saying those things to push her to the limit so that she could, like, carry out the role even further. Okay, I know this guy is, like, an artist, but he kind of doesn't, he kind of sounds like a jerk. Yeah. I kind of do not like this Stanley Kubrick guy. But I like I I do like him because I like his films. Yeah. But that's so interesting. Isn't that crazy? Like, he was so hard, especially on Shelley Duvall. Okay, and another thing that I was reading was that Stephen King wrote a screenplay mm-hmm. and that Stanley was like, nah, and like pretty much just ignored it. Yeah. And yeah. that was like another reason why Stephen hated it because he like did his own thing. And can I read you this quote? Yeah, um, read it. And I'll link this in the episode notes, but this was, like, one of the top reasons why King didn't get along with Stanley and, like, why he didn't like it. So it says, King believed in the traditional biblical demarcations of good and evil, where the role of evil is to ghosts and demons. Kubrick had a much more pessimistic and nuanced idea of what it meant. Um, Their disagreement can be seen in their respective treatments of the character Jack Torrance, who was played by Jack Nicholson. King believed that Torrance was inherently a good guy who was bent one way and then the other by various cosmic forces of evil. Like, basically, that evil forces on the other side, like ghosts Mm. and demons were doing this. Um, But Kubrick masterfully blurred these conventional definitions of mortality by making Torrance a psychopath. He thought the horror of humanity was much more compelling than the other side. Huh. I thought that was so interesting because it kind of goes back to, like, why I don't really like demonic scary movies. It's true. Um, And maybe it is because I do believe in, like, that biblical good and evil where I'm like, I don't want to talk about that, like, evil. (laughs) I don't want to watch it. I don't want to think about it. I I know it exists. I don't want anything to do with it. But the, like, horror of humanity, to me, is more scary. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why The Shining was more scary to me. I could see that. I really, like, want to read the book. If anyone has read the book, please message me your thoughts on the book. Because I, like, would love to compare it with the film. Because for sure the theme of this movie is family. And just the different things that can tear a family apart with, like, Mm -hmm. greed, um, you know, psychosis, different things like that that Jack deals with. And, like, abusive relationships. Like, so many things is just family. Right. And so it's funny, too, just, like, as you were reading that, I'm like, yeah, I feel like 
Um, Stanley totally took a twist on that family theme and made it a little more like humanity. Yes. And focused more just on Jack's character instead of the family dynamic. Yeah, because it was really like he lost his mind and uh-huh. like the other two were just surviving. Yeah. Although, okay, um, <laughs> do you, so Kenan and I watched this film together. We watched it. <laughs> Um, on like a double date with our voice. And do you remember what Coda said about Tommy, the little Danny's little imaginary friend in the finger? Um, I vaguely I remember you said a comment like at the very end of the movie. Okay, he was say saying anything. that like there is this theory, and now I'm like, is it a theory or was it in the book? So you guys just take it as a theory, but if it's in the book, let us know. <laughs> But he was saying that, um, so Tommy, recap, has an imaginary friend that lives in his finger and will talk to him and his finger will like... Wait, is his name Tommy or Danny? Danny, sorry. Danny no, has okay. an imaginary friend named Tommy in his okay. finger. Okay. Sorry, that's... So Tommy will talk to Danny from the finger and be like... <laughs> Danny, don't go to the hotel. <laughs> And Danny's like, why? And he literally talks in that voice. I mean, you like, hopefully you've seen I, I don't want to say. <laughs> but anyways, apparently, oh. this theory is that Danny's middle name is Tommy, or Thomas, and yeah. it's, he had, like, you know how he has, like, that shining, uh-huh. that, that, that power that he can, like, yeah. communicate with others, like, outside of their body and stuff? It was that him from the future was coming to tell him, like, That's certain right. things to protect himself. Because during the film, like, like Tommy's telling him, don't go to the hotel because he's like, you're yeah. probably going to die. And then when they get to the hotel, <gasps> oh, he's like, so murder, 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 like, red rum, red rum. Like, he's going to try to kill him. <laughs> yeah, like, he's, the whole thing was, like, trying, even though it, like, was absolutely terrifying, yeah. it was to protect the kid. Interesting. And save them. And if, like, Tommy hadn't been doing that, then they would have died. Okay, I want to come back to that, like, when we get to more of the end of the film. Okay, okay, yeah. Because... I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) No, no, I'm glad you brought that up because that kind of just comes full circle with, like, something else I was thinking about and something I was reading of just, like, that ending scene when it shows, like, the picture on the wall and it shows, like, Jack Nicholson in the picture. And it's like, yes. what? Yes. So it's just like, how long has this been happening? Anyways. So no, then literally. him, like, having his little imaginary friend be, if it is, like, supposed to be him in the future, it's like, oh, how long has this been happening? So. Yes. I want to, like, talk about that more because I have, I have something to share about, like, that final scene. But. Okay. Well, what do you want to say before that? Because now I just want you to tell, say that. <laughs> say that at the very end um actually you know what maybe i will just say it now because i hate listening to podcasts and people like we'll get we'll get to that later and then they never do or then i forget what they were gonna get to and then the episode ends and i'm like i feel like they were gonna say something did they ever get to that no sorry exactly no we can go we can go out of order okay this is just a theory okay okay so the photo like, at the very end of the film, when it, like, slowly pans in on the wall of the group photo that Jack Nicholson is in. Yes. And it says, like, 1921, like, Independence Day, 4th of July, 
holiday bash or whatever, you know, celebration. And this is right after he died. Yeah. Yep. Very end. Um, I, like, when we finished the movie, I was just like, what? Like, I was trying to figure it out because, like, the butler was the same. Like, the ghost and the butler had the same name as, like, in the story that they were saying before. Like, this happened, like, many years ago. And so then it's like, how long has this been happening? And then... When, what do you mean when you say, how long has this been happening? Well, because when you see Jack Nicholson in the photo, it's like, did he really just die? Or is the hotel just, like, haunted and it just, like, is so damaged that it just keeps bringing people to the hotel? Oh, and, like, I see reliving. What you're Sorry. Like, I... how long has the hotel been killing people? Yes, yes, yes. Not, Sorry. like, how long has Jack's been character there. been there? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Kind of, actually. Because what if Jack Nicholson was, like, the original person? I know. Who this was happening to? And the hotel calls to damage t- people? And then, then when he dies, he's just consumed by the hotel. And, like... Like, they, they're he, adding more numbers. Yeah. Like, the hotel, like, people are coming to the hotel. So, Jack comes to the hotel first, and then he's like, I want to bring my family here. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, I wonder if the hotel, like, this whole event is just reenacting something that keeps happening over and over again. And if Jack's family is just, like, one part of that. Like, all the people in that photo, it's like, did this happen to everybody in that photo? So Wendy and Danny, like, were lucky to get out because the guy the year before killed his wife and kids. Yes. And they exactly. were there, trapped in the hotel. Exactly. Like, Twilight Zone kind of yes. stuff. Like, they're, like, stuck in this hotel. Yes. Sorry that took so long to get to that no, point. No, I love that because that really is such a crazy end to it. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, we just got through this terrifying movie, like, this slasher scene. Like, these kid, this kid and the mom barely survived. And then it's just, like... And it's like with that eerie music zooming in on that painting. Yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah. Like, Wait, and then it has he... the date for like 50 years before. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. So I'm like, maybe the hotel like really is like this haunted place and it just keeps bringing in all these damaged people, but just like. And he just became a part of it. Yep. And just the same. It's just a cycle. So he'll be there for the next people. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's just a theory. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You can't tell me that you're wrong. But anyways, yeah, that's that was so good. I'm glad I shared that now instead of at the end. <laughs> no, really, I needed that. I feel like w- within the movie, the only other thing that, well, I guess I, I I wanted to talk about the, like his book. Yeah. When I first saw that, that like literally freaked me out so much because I realized that he was having, like, that psychotic break. Yeah. So I think the reason why The Shining scares me so bad is that I am very much an extrovert. hmm And I know that. Like, I know that about myself. I know that I'm not a homebody. I know that, like, I, like, say I have the day off and I have no, no plans, nothing, don't need to go to work or anything. I make a reason to go out and be with people. Like, go yeah. to the grocery store or whatever. So, like, pandemic was so hard, and I tried to do things like FaceTime, Mm -hmm. and even just be outside, like, and so, the fact that they are trapped in this hotel for five months, they can't leave the hotel, it's snowing, like, crazy, they aren't meeting anybody, if anything happens, like, they're just trapped in here. My worst nightmare... (laughs) My worst nightmare, haunting aside, like literally just being alone there scares yeah. me so bad. Also, 
Maddie's dog is drinking water right now. <laughs> if you hear as loud hear as water. He can. He's a hydrated boy. We appreciate that from him. But yeah, I would go crazy too. So when they show the book finally, and uh-huh. she's like oh, looking through what he's been writing for five months, yes. says, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Over and over. Just pages. Over. But... It's interesting how it was written. It wasn't just like line, line, line of the same thing. You know, it was like written like a book with like different stanzas and paragraphs. And some pages were written like poems and some had like spelling errors. And it was so, yes. Some had like like different columns in between the words. Like it was, it was so crazy. Like you just see that like he isn't just breaking. Like he has been broken this whole time. Yeah. Like. And he, uh, they are lucky that they survived that long. Yeah. But that, yeah, that part freaked that me part out. That part is great. And then he's just staring out the window and he, like, doesn't blink or, like, break eye contact and he's just staring. Can you imagine Robin Williams? <laughs> no. <laughs> just, I cannot see doing Or Robert that. De Niro even. I'm like, aww. Robert De Niro. <laughs> he's um. just staring out the window. <laughs> so funny. Um, this is kind of random, but just... Fun fact about the film. Early in the film, Jack Nicholson's character wears green. Okay. He's wearing like a green jacket or button up or something. And just kind of wears like more earthy colored clothing. Mm-hmm. And then once you realize he's broken, he wears the this red jacket like the rest of the film. Whoa. Which is kind of crazy. That is cool. It's just like red, symbolic of death. Yeah, that is, that's really cool. That's a cool visual. Cool visual. Um, there was, there's a lot on this film. Oh, I didn't realize, like, those two twin girls were from The Shining. Like, I've seen people dress up like them for Halloween. I'm just like, what movie are they from? And I honestly thought they were going to have a bigger role in the film. And I was kind of disappointed that they were, like. Maybe three minutes of the whole film. Yeah, they were more of the jumpy things where you yeah, like, you're like, the boy what? turns and they're just like there. Like, yeah, I'm like, come play with us. <laughs> yeah. The scene, like, <laughs> yes. The scene where like he's playing on the carpet. Honestly, I loved the carpet. I thought the carpet was so cool in this movie. <laughs> just fun fact. I'm like, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I could not even tell you. I can't remember. Um, it's just like cool 70s style printed. Anyway. The scene he's playing on the carpet and the tennis ball like rolls at him. They did that take like over 50 times, I think, just oh, to get it right. That poor little boy. Like, Stanley Kubrick, the director, I'm not kidding. Like, from all the comments and things I was reading, he would do like, they would do a take and be like, that, that was perfect. Let's do it again. Like, <laughs> he was just crazy. And it's just like, how many takes do you need? And I remember one of the actors. After he worked on this film and he was just so drained from doing a take like literally 30 times or whatever. The next film he worked on, the other director, his filming style, he's like, we're just going to get in one take and call it good. Like, I'd rather have just like a raw take. Yeah. I don't want to make it perfect. And he was just like so grateful to oh. be working with this other director. He's that like, like you're not making me do this yeah. over and over yes. and over. And I'm just like, that would be so tiring. And then he would take like different parts of each take you know to like make it perfect i feel like it worked though like i feel like it looked perfect like each scene looked pretty perfect yeah 
It did it did look like one of those movies where you're like, wow, they really did take a lot of time. Yeah. If you compare and it to like they psych they psychologically broke the actors. No kidding. So crazy. Um Okay, I want you to take a guess. So the scene with the elevator and the blood, how many takes do you think that took? Wait, back up. Did they use like real water red water for that? Like what? Um, I actually, how many scenes did it take? Like, is there one real, like, blood, water, water, rushing through that hall? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Expensive. (laughs) A million. I don't know. How many? Because the man took 127 takes for that scare scene. And in what I read was that wasn't the most. Yeah. Well, I guess I, we don't know if that's that's true. We don't know how many takes, but really. that that was like it's like oh yeah, that wasn't even the most scene or um, most takes. That scene took three takes. Oh, it took nine days to I'm like set 300. up. <laughs> no, three it took nine days to set everything up, and then it took roughly a year, I think, for them to edit and like because they probably added like some special effects or something mm. just to spice it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but only three. Oh. Isn't that crazy? I'm like, hmm. It's probably because it costs so much. Maybe. There's no way that that's like cheap. They're like, they're like destroying. <laughs> yeah. They're destroying that set. Well, that movie took so long to film and produce anyway. And it put like other movies behind schedule because they were needing that same filming location. But, oh, that hotel? Yeah. But the hotel. Where was it actually? Hotel? It's in Colorado. I'm pretty sure. Well, I think I think there was a filming location in, like, England. I could be wrong. Um, oh, that makes sense. Sorry. Yeah, yawn. But that makes sense because Stanley Kubrick is... He, like, lived in the UK. Yeah. For most of his I think something career. like that. Hmm. But, yeah, one of those filming locations. Um, okay. Another... Another random fun fact. Okay, I feel like me and Maddie always say red rum to each other. Which is, like, hilarious. But this is just, like, another fun fact I read. But it said the number 42 is scattered throughout the movie, um, like, so many times. And it says Danny, the little boy, says Red Rum 42 times. And then also, from Danny's shirt to the summer of 42 on the TV screen, like, those are just a few examples. It says, it's believed that this is a reference to the Holocaust and the final solution that was rolled out in 1942. <gasps> Isn't that kind of crazy? That's cool. Like red rum, like spelled backwards is murder. Like that's why he keeps saying red rum. Red rum. Red rum. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Funny. <laughs> okay, not funny. Holocaust is sad. It's really funny how they <laughs> did that close Okay, poor choice of words. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> Um, Random... Side note, because um, I learned Korean for my mission, they funny and fun is the same word. So, really? Yeah, it would be so hard because they'd be like, yeah, no, like, going to the park today was so funny. I'm like, oh, why? And they'd be like, because it was, like, because going to park is funny. <laughs> like, wait, what? Like, oh, We're like, oh, that joke was so fun. <laughs> like, just like how you'd interpret it. You're just like, that's the same word. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Okay, sorry. I digress. No, that's hilarious. Language is cool. Um, <laughs> so, oh, I was going to say that because I, I have, like, all of the box office info. Oh, um, yeah. For, when we're ready to talk about that. But 
I did learn that they had a $19 million budget. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Especially for like a film that came out in 80, 1980. Yeah. That's high. Like they were like, this is going to be the film of the decade. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. Um, that's ridiculous. Sorry, my my brain. It's been a long day. Um, there were another thing too, just like with Stephen King and the director, like because they butt heads a lot. Like I guess yeah. the script was changing constantly too, like uh-huh. what they wanted to do. So Jack Nicholson only like he he kind of just stopped like trying to memorize his whole script because it changed all the time. So just oh, so like is that why he did the ad lib? The Here Comes Johnny? Yes. I actually don't know why he did that. It's just, yeah, he threw in this ad lib, like, for Johnny Carson. But he would only like rehearse his lines like for like a few pages like of the scene they were filming just because his script changed so much. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Right? Wait, but who's Johnny Carson? He had his own like talk show. Oh which is funny. Because, and he was known um, for that, like the yeah. Here's, Here's Johnny. Johnny, yeah. And I guess Stanley Kubrick like almost stripped out stripped that from the movie because he was living in the UK, right? Didn't you say that? Yeah, for yeah. A while, and so he doesn't even really he didn't even really know who Johnny Carson was because <laughs> he was like a talk show host in the US. So he didn't understand the reference. But why is it like a silly reference that's so like scary? I know. And like no one's name in the movie is Johnny. Yeah. So, like I remember when he for... said it, I was like, who's Johnny? Yeah, who's Johnny? Because you're Jack and she's Wendy and your kid's Danny. Danny. <laughs> that's it. Those are the only characters. <laughs> Except the old man who like also has the shining trait. Oh, He's so cute. Bless his heart. What's that I forgot his name. name. Um, I didn't write it down. Holleran? Oh, Holleran. Holleran. Um, cute little Holleran. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just gonna say to if for some reason you don't know that iconic scene to to look it up because the here's Johnny. Yeah, it's probably like ten seconds. Well, yeah. Even I knew that scene, right? like that phrase, and I'm like, that's also from this movie. No, like, literally. So here's Johnny. It's like. Huh. Do you want to know what? You know the Megaplex theaters? How they always do like a montage of like different films oh, before uh-huh. the movies? They had that part in it for a then while. Here's Johnny. Here's Johnny. <laughs> yeah. See, and like when they play that, I don't picture like a scary movie really. Right? It's like, oh, is that like a comedy? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Uh, the shiny. Silly film. <laughs> family-centered comedy. <laughs> Go see it with your cute family and enjoy. <laughs> your cute family. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, what was your favorite scene in this movie? Oh, my favorite scene. I think it's probably when she reads the book. Just because it, like that's like so scary to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think just that's probably my favorite over and over scene. Again. Yeah, and just like her reaction. Like I th- I think that she does a fantastic job. Like she definitely has like a unique look to her. Yeah, she you know, does. but I actually like really appreciate that about her as an actress. I just, I just like when she was reading it, like she was just getting so yeah. But anyways, I think she did a really good job with just that whole scene. What yeah. about you? Um, I 
kind of similar. Like the scene that probably like spooked me the most was when he was just in his mom is sleeping on the bed and Danny just comes in holding a knife and just keeps saying red rum over and over again and just yeah. slowly starts spelling it on the door. And then you're like, oh, murder. Like right. that part. So I'm like, is he going to kill his mom? Like, is he possessed? Like what's going on? No, really. Like that part. I was just like, I like was not moving. Like my body was just so like clenched. Yeah. I was yeah. Just like what is happening? But that scene, um, not my favorite scene, but like the scene with like the naked lady in the bathtub. Like, in room 27. Like, we will never forget her. <laughs> I read something, too, that the two actresses that played, like, the younger and older uh-huh. haven't been in anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them. Like, this is their only film. Can you was imagine playing it? this naked lady I in dabbled, a I dabbled in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, you probably saw every inch of me emerging For from a... five minutes. No, literally... <laughs> That is a long scene. It was a really long scene. Yeah. Very graphic. Very, And I was just like, because I, I remembered it from the first time. And I was like, oh, sorry, guys. We're just going to fast forward this scene. <laughs> it was a long fast forward. I was like, hey, yeah. we're still fast forwarding. We are <laughs> still going. Still moving. Yeah. Because she just like emerges from a tub and just like as slow yeah. as she can walks towards <laughs> No, that scene, I did. I still don't understand it. No. What do you think that means? That's like, gotta be in the book. This, like, like yeah. Because she's, like, young and super pretty, and then all of a sudden she's, like, this old lady who's, like, like zombie dead. lady. It's, yeah, like, has she she's been ob- there a long time? Oh, yeah. Is that, like... Maybe that's where she died, was in the tub? Maybe. Well, because didn't Danny say he, like, heard something coming from the room? Yes. So then he went in? Yes, and he said that there was an old lady there, and then that's why, remember the wife uh-huh. was like, you need to go check, and then he was like, he comes back, I don't know what he was talking about, there's nothing in there, I'm like, um, you just meet out with a, like, first a hot naked lady that turned into a and crazy, naked the the zombie, old, crazy lady. <laughs> that scene, that scene didn't make any sense to me. No. And then he just comes back and he's like, mm, I wonder Stephen King's crazy. thoughts on that scene. I mean, I'm we need sure to ask. it was in the book. That would be a weird scene. When to we have ask. Stephen King on the podcast, we'll ask him. <laughs> so, what were your intentions? He's He's been like all um, up in our DMs about getting on the podcast. And we're just like, Stephen, Stephen King. wait. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is Next. he still alive? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna look now. He's like Watch dead. Be like, like, yeah, mm. he's just messaging us. It's crazy. He's like, I just use a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still coming he's like, out Do with I stuff. Talk to people. No. Oh, he is alive. He was born in 1947. Oh, okay, okay. He's such he's... an interesting looking person. He's in his 70s, right? Yeah. Hmm. Let me see. Let me see a pic. We'll touch a pic in the episode notes. He should have oh. played Jack Torrance. Honestly, he looks a little <laughs> psychotic. I mean, he well, I mean, has a twisted mind to write all yeah, like, as many novels as he has. Well, I feel like this book and film like really hit home for him because he's a writer. He's probably experienced similar situations where it's like, I can't I think of think any. About that. I can't think of anything like good right now. Book. Like my family is stressing me out. Whatever. Like your ma- your brain messing with you so i'm like i bet this book like really hits home and so i think that's why he hates the movie so much is because he can't relate to jack nicholson's character as much 
Interesting. Especially if it was like um, like that article I read said that he like really believes in the biblical yeah, like good exactly. versus evil. That may be like he chose the good and this character chose the evil. And it's like totally like really tuning into that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. There's still so much. I'm like, we could probably talk about this movie for so long. But No, literally. Do you have anything else about the film you want to say before we go into like box office? Um I I really enjoyed it. Like I really did like The Shining. I would watch Good. it again. I, I think really like it. it's like, one of my favorites. Now that I've seen it once, <laughs> that sounds so pathetic. Um, like every time I watch it, I'm sure I'll pick up on something new. And yeah. Like, Whoa, I didn't like even think about that or see that before. And so I think like we could totally dissect like each scene. <laughs> no, but really. There's so much. Because I so think much. the first time I saw it, I was really more focused on, like, the whole, like, psychological, thrilling, scariness yeah. of it. But this last time, I really was picking up on the whole, like, Halloran. Halloran? Uh-huh. What's his name? Halloran. Halloran and, like, Danny's, like, shining power. Uh-huh. Like, I think that was just, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, I forgot yeah. that he, like, met somebody who had that. And... Yeah. I love the scene, too, when Jack Nicholson is, like, he keeps going back to the like ballroom area and he's talking to the bartender Mm -hmm. and he's just like sitting there like I don't know why I love that scene so much and then he like goes in the bathroom and is talking to like the original guy and it's like yeah that scene is so like that's not me what are you talking about and he's like denying it that he killed gaslighting him (laughs) just kidding (laughs) how dare he actually he kind of was okay let's get into box office so I already told you that there was a 19 million dollar budget um, and this movie came out in 1980. It made about $44 million. And just because it was 1980, you're like, that sounds so low because the, so it was, it's rated R. Mm-hmm. And so I was comparing it to other rated R movies and the top rated R movie of all time, like that made the most money. Yeah. Guess. <gasps> of all time? Of all time. Rated R movie. I'm trying to think. Um, did it come out? Do, Let's see. Do, 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 do. Just take a while to stop at the dark. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Psycho. Alfred Hitchcock. Passion of the Christ. What? Yes. That is the top grossing rated R movie currently. Is Psycho at rated R? 370, $370 million. So, quite a bit more than our Shining, even That's, though as iconic yeah. as it is. I've, I've never seen Passion of the Christ, have you? No, I haven't. No. Um, I feel like it came out when it was like, wait, our movies are bad. <laughs> wait, <laughs> when did it come out? Kid, I don't know. I feel like oh. when we were younger. But um, I just Passion thought I'd compare it to another, like, classic scary movie that was around the same time, which... <gasps> What? Passion of the Christ came out in 2004. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it was, okay, yeah. I was a kid. So 20 years after. 24 years after. That's crazy. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, and it made so much more. <laughs> but I, I, you get those Christian viewers, right? Christian yeah. viewers, they, they come in numbers and they come with heavy wall- wallets. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> what? I'm just looking at who's in this film, Passion of the Christ, and I'm reading like the people's names, and I literally read Jesus as Jesus. <laughs> You're like, oh, Mel Gibson plays Jesus. I wonder who plays Jesus. 
I just thought, though. I'm like, oh, oh this actor plays Jesus. Jesus, what? Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. We should do that one, though. Uh, because it's the most... Anyways. Yeah. Um, but I compared The Shining to another horror movie around that time. And the, that's another classic, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yep. Classic. Um, that one only made $25 million. So... <laughs> Um, this made like about double. That's crazy. Honestly, Nightmare on Elm Street. I just watched that recently too. It's like I understand why it's so iconic because it is one of the first like scary movies with like Freddy Krueger and yeah, yeah, just like killing and blood and it's like kind of more gory in that aspect, but also it's like a terrible movie at the same time because that's like what I was saying about like when those yeah. movies back then like. They just, like, don't translate to our day that way. No, well. they don't. So... Mo- scary movies, totally on a different level. Yeah. But, yeah. So, <laughs> The Shining has made a lot more than that movie, so that's good. Yes. Good, validating for us that we like it way more. So, yeah, there's some fun numbers there. Um, Ron Tomato score. What would you guess? Hmm. Critic and, like... Yeah, I wrote down critic and audience, and then we can give it our own score. Hmm. I feel like critic was maybe, like, around 80%, and then maybe audience was a little higher at, like, 88. Wow. She good, people. Am I good? Uh, the critic's 84%, <gasps> and the audience, 93%. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That is pretty high, then, for audience. And I'm not going to lie, giving it my own rating, it would be in the 90s for me. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like that's just, like, one of the, the Shining, to me, is one of the greatest movies I've <gasps> seen. Like, it, wow. it's Wow. Yeah. That's a bold statement. Yeah, I think it's well done. I love it. I'd probably give it, like, an 88. And I probably would give it, like, probably the audience score, I'd probably give it a 93. All right. Yeah, I so really... So, collectively, like, a 90 is our score? I guess so. I'll, <laughs> I'll write it down. 90% for us. But, yeah. There, that's nice. it. That's it. Cuts and scene with The Shining. <laughs> um, thanks again, you guys, for listening. We did want to just talk briefly, real quick. We are going to be doing a giveaway. Yes. Yes. Before we go, um, we're so excited. We, we've we been talking about like what to do for this giveaway, too. So, honestly, it's pretty pretty easy should be take you like five minutes not even to five seconds five seconds to race you can set timers <laughs> challenge yourself <laughs> oh my gosh um honestly if you just follow our instagram and our podcasts on whatever platform you listen to them apple podcast or spotify um leave us a comment or review we would love it we'd love to stars. yes five stars give us a good rating um we're gonna randomly pick one of those reviews and just check them make sure that you're following us yeah um and then yeah we're giving a hundred dollar cash yeah prize. we're just gonna do a cash we were prize like, for should you we too? should we give away movies should we give away movie tickets should we do this and we're like what could buy the most movies <laughs> just <laughs> like just money give them give them that money give them that coin you know give them that option to so. spend it wherever so anyways yeah so that is live as soon as this Pretty much when our first episode launched. So, and then it just closes Halloween night. 
Yeah. So then we'll just announce the winner on next week's episode on November 2nd. Yeah, so we'll announce it on November 2nd, The and the giveaway just ends on Halloween. Yeah. So, so go to all those things if you want $100. Right now. Don't forget. This is, this is easy money, you guys. It is. Manifest that. That you can win. Money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. And then for real... End scene. End scene cut. cut. <laughs> what phrase what are we go sticking with cut out? Are we sticking with cut or end scene? I don't know. It changes. Do people even say that? End scene. And I feel like they do when they're like in like acting classes. Oh my gosh, maybe <laughs> that's like what I, I did theater you know. growing up. It's like end, end scene. scene. <laughs> okay, cut. <laughs>